Hello, small business owners. Welcome to this episode of the Freedom Focus Podcast. Today, we're gonna be talking about the struggle between work and leisure. Struggle sounds negative, I know, but my real objective, after helping you to better understand the struggle, is to provide small business owners with a solution to the struggle. So, quite frankly, you don't have to struggle anymore. We're gonna start by considering thoughts on work and leisure shared by a philosopher you've almost certainly never heard of and one that I discovered completely by chance. After introducing you to this philosopher and telling you how I discovered his writings about work and leisure, we're gonna consider the very big picture of how humans as a species evolved to a point that we could actually have any leisure time at all. Then we'll discuss the relationship between work and leisure that man struggles with in our current day and age. Lastly, I'm gonna make the connection between the work and leisure dichotomy and whether or not this struggle is one that is inevitable for all people who work. And here's a hint. I believe strongly that it is not the doomed fate for everyone. And I'll bet you can guess who might be best positioned to escape this struggle. I can assure you, you'll know by the time we finish today's episode. the fondest memories I have as a kid was spending time with my dad and brothers wandering around the woods looking for deer and elk in the forests of my home state of Arizona. We were hunting, but not doing a very good job of it. Any big game animals we ran into seemed to me, at the time anyway, to be based much more on luck than on skill. Later on, as I continued to hunt and learn how it should be done, I can tell you there is still a bit of luck involved but with some basic skills learned from professional guides and outfitters, big game hunting can be much more successful and enjoyable. A friend of my father's, Perry Chisholm, who wasn't a professional guide or outfitter, but very skilled at hunting, shared a lot of his wisdom with my brothers, my dad, and myself. This sharing took place in the field while hunting together, but also in the form of books written about hunting. One book in particular Perry gave to me about 20 years ago, titled Meditations on Hunting by Jose Ortega y Gasset. I didn't bother to read this book until just recently, primarily because it's more philosophical rather than sharing stories of hunting adventures told by other hunters. These are the kind of books I really enjoy, and I've been collecting as a hobby since I was in high school, of course, as a direct result of Perry's encouragement. Anyhow, I finally decided to read Meditations on Hunting while on vacation with my daughters a few weeks ago. What I discovered was completely unexpected. First of all, let's talk about who is Jose Ortega y Gasset. Gasset was born in Madrid, Spain in 1883 and during his lifetime was considered one of the leading philosophers of the 20th century in his home country of Spain. He passed away in Madrid in 1955. Meditations on Hunting was not originally a standalone book, but was written as a prologue to a book of hunting stories written in 1943 by his good friend Edward Count Yebes titled 20 Years a Big Game Hunter. Since that time, Meditations on Hunting has been reprinted in the original Spanish as well as German, Dutch, Japanese, and English. As stated in the preface of the English edition, Gasset looks at hunting from the perspective of what that activity has demanded of a particular individual and what it has meant to him within the context of his life, end quote. 
What I discovered and is so directly relevant to my work as a business coach are his thoughts on the history of work or a job or what he refers to as occupations of human beings throughout our evolutionary history. In particular, the relationship between time we spend working and time we spend not working or at leisure. As this all relates to hunting, it turns out that one of the most consistent leisure activities throughout the human history, chosen time and time again by all ages, cultures, and socioeconomic backgrounds, from peasants to kings, is hunting. I'm going to talk more about hunting as a significant and important leisure activity in another future article and podcast. In this podcast, I simply want to focus on what Gasset had to say more generally about the connection between work and leisure. Our species, Homo sapiens, evolved on Earth starting about 300,000 years ago during the Paleolithic period. For 97% of this existence, all but about 10,000 years or so, human beings had to work hard just to stay alive by hunting birds and animals and gathering berries, fruits, and nuts from the land where they lived. They weren't, there wasn't any time for laying around and relaxing. If you did, you starved and died. Or you might have been eaten by another animal who caught you while you were napping, in which case you died that way instead. So for the 290,000 years, humans, like all the rest of animals, basically worked all the time, from sunup until sundown, 365 days a year, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Archaeological evidence shows that it wasn't until about 8,000 BC, during the Neolithic period, that humans started to grow crops and domesticate animals for food. And 3,500 BC, that this less nomadic lifestyle allowed for the formation of settlements, towns, and cities, and our first civilizations. At this point in our history, with life no longer 100% devoted to surviving, Jose Ortega y Gasset points out that mankind could spend some of their time doing non-work activities. He said time now for people could be divided into two primary activities that he calls either occupations or vocations. Gasset doesn't paint a very pretty picture when describing time spent on occupations or work, saying that, quote, Work weighs upon our existence, mangling it, crushing it. In English, such tasks are called jobs. In the Romance languages, the terms for them derive from the Latin word trepolitum, which originally meant a terrible torture, end quote. As the term occupation implies, work does little more than occupy our time. Work basically steals time away from activities we would more willingly and prefer to be spending our time doing. The man who works then, according to Gasset, does so with more or less the vague hope of one day winning through work the liberation of his life, or being able to, in time, stop working and start living." End quote. In modern times, we've come to know this positive end that comes from work as retirement. But to a lesser extent, it also means any time that we're able to earn away from our occupation. Time spent away from our occupation or job or work is known as a person's vocation, according to Gasset, which derives from the Latin vocare, which means to call or a calling, mission, purpose, niche, or specialty that is particularly suitable to each person. 
while I appreciate Gassett's choice of the word vocation to describe time away from work, I think the better word would have been vacation. The word vacation is literally the opposite of occupation, derived from the Latin word vacare, which means to be unoccupied. This may be an error in the English translation for the book, or perhaps 80 years ago in Spain anyway, the concept of a vacation was more of a rarity. In today's world, certainly in the United States, Gasset's vocation is clearly what we all know to be a vacation. Gasset has painted a pretty bleak picture of work, and for many, if not most people, work is a drudgery that we do only because we have to. It's why we call Wednesdays hump day, once we've made it past the midpoint of the work week. And we say TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday, when the work week is finally over. We've made it to the weekend and we now have a short break from doing work. Gasset observes that, quote, it is moving and very sad to see how occupation and vocation struggle in each individual. Work robs us of time to be happy and pleasure gnaws away as much as possible at the time claimed by work." Unquote. However, I believe that occupation and vocation dichotomy, the struggle between work and leisure, is not inevitable for every person, even if it is for most. There is one group of people that have, within their power, the ability to escape the trap caused by the necessity to work. That group is small business owners. For small business owners, a life with far more leisure, or at least a life that feels a whole lot less like it's filled with work, occurs at the individual level and at the organizational level. Let's look first at the individual level. In a previous podcast and article, I shared how to never work another day in your life. More specifically, I explained that work, quote unquote, is no longer work when you're focused on activities that are what's known as your unique ability. That is, activities that you're truly excellent at, that give you energy rather than take it away, and that you truly love doing. Let's be clear, your unique ability activities are your occupation, as defined by Gasset. How you make a living, they're your profession. They just happen to also be your vocation. In the true meaning of the word, it's your calling, mission, purpose, niche, or specialty that is particularly suitable to you. When you're doing work that is all or most of your unique ability, then you truly have the best of both worlds because the time you spend on work doesn't feel like work at all. As I explained in my podcast and article, you would do your unique ability activities even if you weren't paid, like the musician that can't believe that they get paid just to sing a song, just like they did when they were a kid and had to also work, quote unquote, doing homework tests and quizzes for school and maybe doing a part-time job. Now, all they have to do is sing songs or play their instrument all the time, and they get paid for it. Another example would be a professional baseball player that gets paid just to practice and play games. It's the same ones they loved playing after school as a kid on the weekends when they weren't otherwise working at other things. Now they get paid to focus all of their time on just playing their sport. And everyone has a unique ability, not just musicians and athletes. And you too can never work another day in your life. You just need to be certain that you're working as much as possible in your unique ability. 
be sure to go back and read or reread the article on my website to learn more about how to figure out what your unique ability is. I'll post a link to that in the show notes for this episode. So that's one of the keys to escaping the occupation vocation struggle by making your occupation your vocation. Although I said it's important for small business owners, I think it's pretty obvious that anyone can benefit at the individual level from discovering and working in your unique ability. The difference for small business owners is that being able to work in your unique ability is much more likely. After all, a business owner, as a business owner, you can choose what work you do. It's the work your business does, and presumably it's work you should enjoy doing that hopefully you even love doing. If not, then why did you start or buy or take over from your family the business in the first place? At the organizational level, if your business is freedom focused, you have truly escaped Jose Ortega y Gasset's occupation vocation struggle. You don't consider the work you do to be a terrible torture that mangles and crushes your existence. On the contrary, you've hired a dream team of employees that help you to run the business so you don't feel alone and 100% responsible for all aspects of the business. When you're operating as a freedom-focused business, in particular at the pinnacle of my four levels of freedom hierarchy, that is the freedom to exit level, as the owner of the business, you're spending most or all of your time working on the business rather than in the business. You're spending most or all of your time only doing the work you love doing. That is your unique ability. And when your business is freedom focused, you have the freedom to take as much time as you want away from the business on vacation, rejuvenating your mind and your body. The occupation vocation struggle that Gasset found moving and sad is no longer an issue. Certainly not for you. It's gone. It's no longer a part of your reality or your employee's reality if you do it right. A business owner and their team who are operating a freedom-focused business have effectively overcome thousands of years of evolutionary pressure to accept a fate of struggle between work and leisure. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. If you like the show, please be sure to share it with your friends and your colleagues. I look forward to being back with you again in two weeks. Until then, stay focused on your freedom.